From Relay FM, this is Upgrade Episode 238, and today's show is brought to you by Text Expander from Smile, Lunar Display, Bombas, and Simple Contacts. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Mr. Jason Snell. Hi, Jason Snell. Hello, Mr. Mike Hurley. Big show today. Big show, Apple event. Yep. What you know? What, it doesn't get any bigger. It doesn't get well. The September event is a little bit bigger, but this one has a lot of information, which we're going to do I, our I best. I mean, the sort of genre of the type of show that it is doesn't get any bigger. But yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, we're going to do our very best to break down the information today. Uh, but it must start. We don't even have time for snow talk this week because we must what? start with our draft results. Draft results. Yes. They get rid of snail talk on a week like this. Okay. So in case you didn't hear on our last episode, which by the way, uh, I was really proud of the way our last episode came out. And I hope that we have some new upgradians out there in the audience who may have come uh, from last week's episode. But That'd if you great. did miss it, uh, then we did a draft in which we tried to pick what we thought was going to happen uh, during mm-hmm. the event. And I have scored it. You have scored it. I think it's pretty clear cut that you took this one. Yeah. Um, but I, I still want to go through it anyway. Mm-hmm. So the Great. video streaming service, <laughs> neither of us got the name. You thought Apple TV, I thought Apple Video. You were close. Yeah, you were very I, close. I left this unscored because I thought that if it was a very, very, very close thing, I would make an argument that, you know, really I just met, missed a bit of punctuation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I don't need the point, so fine. What would a services bundle be called? Uh, let's just skip that one for the I moment. I wonder. <laughs> Imagine. I'm still wondering. Uh, then you pick the four following things. News launches by the end of April. You get a point. Apple yep. will offer subscriptions to other video services. You get a point. Video yep. game service unveiled. You get a point. Woo-hoo. Video service costs more than $10 a month. Again, we'll come back to that in a minute because we don't mm-hmm. know. We don't uh, know. And then we move over to mine. Services bundle unveiled. Apple to have video content that they did not make available for free to subscribers. Again, we just don't know. Uh, But we didn't didn't get that information today. Video service launches in the US only. That was not true. Uh, And Apple credit card. I got that point. Then I think, personally, we should give a round of applause to each other for the (laughs) full point scoring celebrity round. Yeah, we so, got all the celebrities right. All the great yeah. celebrities. Oprah, mm-hmm. Spielberg, Sarah Barry Alice, and Reese Witherspoon, J.J. Abrams, Sesame Workshop. That is a full point scoring round. Yeah. I realize now that I should have made you choose a Muppet. But I, I would have gone with so. Big Bird anyway, because it's okay, like the fine. only real one fine, that I know. Fine, yes. But you get that. You get mm-hmm. that. You know, we, it turns out we could have done more rounds of that, uh, because there were lots of celebrities on stage. But we got, we got it. We, we got but all of them. I would say, though... We applied the same thinking to the trailers round, and that ended up also doing a pretty decent job. So for you, you definitely got C. We know that much because we could see Jason Momoa because um, yeah. they showed like a little video package. I'm assuming yes, the, the Ronald D. Moore sci-fi series was the space stuff that we saw. Not only the moon landing, but there was like a guy looking at a newspaper that mm-hmm. said that that the Russians landed on the moon, which is that's the premise of that show is that the space race continues. Um, and there was a quick uh, Snoopy thing in the sizzle reel, too. Yeah, that was like that was like an image. I mean, I was kind of like willing to give that one, but it was it was less than because they had a bunch of, of photos. Yeah, I almost suggested that we not score the trailer round because none of these individual pieces of content got it their own trailer. They were just in the sizzle reel, 
but we could also score it. I don't yeah, think it changes. We did, the we did say that we'd, but anyway, so uh, I know that the morning show drama was in there. And again, sure. unfortunately, Little America could have been featured, but it just couldn't be identified. I so am certain that Little America is in there. There's a picture of a girl wearing a hijab riding her bike down the street. I am, I, I cannot imagine that that is not Little America. It could have been that movie they signed at Sundance. But anyway, could be, but I just I would I would give you that one, and there's no Oprah content because uh, there isn't any. Yeah, then we're gonna go with nine six for the score. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tiebreaker question. Um, <laughs> Congratulations, Tim White. No, I thought they were black shoes. They look black. Well, they to might me. have been. We we might need closer um, analysis from yeah. our shoe correspondent. But it was it was a dark gray or black sneaker with a big white sole all mm-hmm. the way around. And I picked white, but you, you know, and you picked dark gray. So I think I would probably go with you in terms of the tiebreaker, although it's as close to a tie as you could possibly get on that. But it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. I won. So you did win. In the end, I, this I was got this one. One of those classic situations in the draft for me where I bet heavy on a thing that we all thought was going to happen, but yeah. just didn't come true. Mm-hmm. So, oh, well, nine six. Wasn't too bad. I thought for a while it was going to be real bad, but then the celebrity round uh, paid off for me, so I've got some points in there. So, bravo, Jason. You pick up the first win of the year. Excellent. Excellent. I'm happy about it. Should we just call it right there? Is this the most important thing of the episode? Oh, no, it isn't. We're actually going to go even close straight into talking about this stuff. Um, I haven't... I've actually ordered this stuff, I think, in a non-chronological order because I think it'll be more interesting to talk about this way. Um, And I want to start with the Apple TV. Okay. Um, The Apple TV app has been completely redesigned, uh, is what they said. It looks very different. There's definitely some different focus in different areas. Um, a lot of the features that we're used to are still there. You know, they kind of pitched them as if they were new, but they weren't. So, like, iTunes content's there. Single sign-on content is there. And content from other streaming providers is there. Uh, but were you surprised about the amount of focus the TV app itself got, including, clearly, some overhaul? I'm not. Um, I, this is a big part of the strategy here, right? If they're going to roll out a new service and the these new channels, which we've been saying are, like, We'll call them channels because they're like Amazon Prime channels. They literally are calling them channels. Yeah, so Apple TV channels. We'll get to yeah, that. There you that. go. Mm-hmm. That's what it is because they're rebuilding the cable bundle inside the TV app, basically. Um, I'm not surprised because you have there's work to be done, right? The TV app isn't great. And let's not forget the TV app comes from the era where the future of TV was apps. And as we learned today, the future of TV is channels inside the Apple TV app, yep. which is a very different uh, take on on this. And so while it's going to continue to have like external apps show data inside the TV app like like some apps do now like Hulu and Amazon, it's also going to have this uh, scenario where they uh will sell you a service and it shows up inside the app kind of natively as if it's part of Apple's own stuff. Um and then they're also rolling in more of the iTunes content because they do and this has been clear unofficially for the last year or two at least, that uh, this is, the TV app is this big bag that holds all video content for Apple going Mm -hmm. forward. And so, yeah, they got to redesign it because, and it looked good, um, but I tried to say when I was um, live tweeting this, I I tried to say it looks good in the demo because of course it does. Um, And it looks like they've addressed some of the issues. At the same time, I did get the sense at one point, like they were scrolling 
endlessly down a page. <laughs> and I thought, mm, is that going to be any it's good? It's like, oh, look, you've just stumbled upon a new way to have the fundamental issue with the TV, issue with the TV app, which is just infinite scrolling, which is not nice to use on that remote. I mean, Netflix does this too. The amount of content in any of these things that's cataloging all the video services is... is uh, is uh, difficult, but uh, I think Apple's vision here is that basically, if you're on uh, any any show but Netflix, is going to all roll kind of into this TV app, um, whether it's from Apple or from one of these other other providers, and you know that's that's what they're going with. But the truth will be when we actually try to use it, because it, it could be a mess um, depending on what's in there and what's not. And some of that has to do like they were demoing an ideal situation where. Um, I think the woman who was doing the demo said something about like, oh, I'm on uh, I'm on Charter Cable, so I have this thing. It's like, well, yes, that's a best case scenario. While I'm on Xfinity personally, and although they've got a really great iOS app, they won't let it on on Apple TV because apparently that's a deal they want to extract something from Apple in order to do. I don't even know. And so, you know, I don't have the best case scenario, and yes. lots of people won't have the best case scenario. So we'll have to see. I actually think you've you've stumbled upon. What, I actually think that the introduction of Apple TV channels was the weakest part of this presentation um, because it's just what Amazon's doing is what it appears to be in that you can pay Apple to provide you with content from other providers, content like companies like HBO, CBS All Access, and Showtime. Stars is in there as well, but that's about as good as the lineup gets. The list is not very deep. It's not that massively impressive in my opinion. Um, they were talking about the ability to offer this stuff outside of the U.S. at some point, but they didn't really give any information on what that's going to look like. Like, what right. kind of channels am I going to get? It's probably not going to be an incredible list, probably similar to what Amazon has. But a lot of the talk, yep. again, and this is the thing that me and you have been talking about for a while, where a lot of the reporting on the rumors of this was like the, the Apple's about to do this amazing thing here. But we have been talking, as many listeners of this show will know, for Upstream over months and months in the past, Apple probably wasn't going to do anything that wild here. And they kind of didn't. Like it, it kind of met what we thought, which was, they don't. They're not going to have. At least they're not showing right now. This uh, heavily discount. We're not seeing any of that. We're not seeing some way to put your own package together. It's just you pick a channel, you pay for a channel, and that's about yeah. it. It's it's Amazon channels, um, but within Apple's interface instead, which is not the worst thing in the world. I think the the big difference in this is that Apple, because they did offer that API, what two years ago for the TV app where they they wanted back when the future of TV was apps they built this API so that if you've got an app you can share your watch data with Apple and it'll become visible in the TV app and then it will basically go out to that app if it needs to jump to the episode or or start playing or whatever and what that gets Apple is uh, as they showed quite prominently in a lot of the slides things like Amazon Prime Video show up in the TV app, even though Prime Video is not a channel mm -hmm. inside Apple. Can you imagine? It's like channels within channels within channels. You can't do it. But uh, it doesn't matter if you've got stuff in Prime Video because they're using the API and they they are are syncing with the TV API on uh, Apple's platforms. Amazon shows show up in the TV app. So that's weird in the sense that there are going to be two ways you could see something in the TV app yeah. from an external app or not. But but the the uh, I think the bigger issue is that it also means like Netflix has opted entirely out and that exacerbates 
that situation even more because yep. now there's even more content in and Netflix is really out because it's still all the way out. It's not right. tied in. And you can see why they wouldn't want to be, right? Because they would be, all of their shows would be mixed in with everybody else's shows and the recommendation engine would be for all sorts of different shows on any of the networks you subscribe to. Mm-hmm. And Netflix doesn't want that. Netflix wants to be the only place you ever think of going for video. But, you know, like I, I think that the Netflix problem it exacerbates the issue that I find, which is if you're used to going away from the TV app for some of your content, would you not just continue going out of the TV app for all of your content, right? Like that's kind of been my experience. So like if I look at the stuff that I watch, right? So a lot of Netflix, a lot of Amazon Prime and a lot of YouTube, I never use the TV app for for Prime because I'm using, you know, like I, I, I never think to do that. Yeah, I would say... My experience with Prime Channels tells me that this is a good idea because Prime Channels is really convenient because Mm -hmm. it's all in one, it's in the Prime app. So doing Apple TV channels, similarly, if I've got the, you know, a whole bunch of stuff amalgamated together in one place so that I know I only need to check in this scenario, basically, I only need to check the TV app and Netflix and the rest of them I don't need to worry about. I don't need to switch to other apps because... The TV app and Netflix are the only two that really contain pretty much everything that I've got. Mm-hmm. That's the advantage. Well, tell, tell me then about the channels. Do you think that there is enough there to be compelling? Well, I mean, it's just reselling channels. I, I just don't think that anything is going to rise or fall based on the on the partnerships. I suspect they have more or less. I mean, by launch time, will they have more or less the same partnerships that Amazon has? Yeah, I imagine so. Right. I imagine they will, they will resell everything that isn't a... Um, either a giant of streaming or is a uh, like direct competition to Apple. Um, and if I were, um, again, if I were Netflix, I'd probably do exactly what Netflix is doing. But if I'm BritBox or CBS All Access, I would be like, uh, you know, yeah, integrate me, Apple, integrate me fully into your interface where my stuff is in there along with your other stuff. And I'm just, you know, I'm part of the, the, the big the big, uh, you know, package of all that content because it's more, you know, it's more subscribers, it's more money, it's easier, and it's providing access to those things. And the channel concept is nice in that way. So I imagine they'll get all of the partners that that Amazon gets because those are the kinds of partners who benefit from that business model. And then what they won't get is the ones like, you know, really like Netflix who where it just doesn't work. Probably Disney, right? I, I'm I'm kind of up in the air about Disney. I can't. I'm not sure about Disney, right? Like, I I feel like I go backwards and forwards on it because they don't have the competitive advantage that some of the other companies need, well, right? Like, they don't need to compete in the same way. I'm I'm really they're intrigued. Not, about they're not them. Netflix. I mean, they're not Netflix though, right? They're they're mm-hmm. competing with other people, and and the argument would be, I think, with Disney, it comes completely down to what the terms of the arrangement are. You know, yeah. what percentage does Apple take, and all of that, because. Um, the great advantage of Disney Plus being in Apple TV and on Prime Video is, you know, it's a a, a, a huge potential audience, and these big stores basically are are selling your product rather than making everybody go on the outside. The disadvantage is now you're mixed in with other stuff. And you got to do some revenue sharing, and that's not so great. So the question is, you know, what are your designs? Are your designs to be Netflix or not? Um, can, if you're Disney, think about where you want to be in five years, and then think, well, does that Apple deal make sense with where I want to be in five years? And maybe it does. I mean, I'm kind of 
of the opinion that unless you are Netflix, these channel deals are good because it's another place for you to sell your stuff. And the more you're in front of people, the better. Like I use CBL, CBS All Access more in Prime than I did when it was its own app. Right. Because I uh, was only purposefully going there for Star Trek before. Mm-hmm. And this year I see it in my Prime video with a bunch of other stuff when I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to watch a show. What do I have? And then all the CBS stuff is just integrated in there. And that's really good. So if you can imagine, it, you t- talk about that on the Apple TV, like you throw in CBS, you throw in BritBox, you throw in, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, Showtime, HBO. And you, yes, you are rebuilding the cable bundle, but you are also, uh, you've got the convenience of the fact that all of that content is just kind of there and you can find it and you can see it and you don't have to worry about where it's coming from, uh, which I think from a consumer standpoint is the ideal, which is not to worry about what channel a show is on, just find the show and watch it. Um, So I don't know. I I think it's uh, not the ultimate solution, but... I think it's it's good, and I think it's good that Apple's doing it because Amazon's doing it, and I think it's a good experience. So I think it's good for Apple to replicate it. Yeah, so we don't have pricing. No, well, and this is going to be this stuff's all going to be priced the way it's priced on Amazon. I mean, I really think, think like if you are wondering how Apple TV uh, channels is going to work, just look at Amazon Prime channels. Okay. It is the same, literally the same product. So the new TV app is coming in May. I'm assuming that Apple TV channels comes in May as well. Uh, yeah, I assume so. Yeah, that they'll that they'll start selling those within um within the Apple TV app. Then, yeah, that ma- that makes sort of makes sense. Crazy speculation time. It's our favorite segment here on Upgrade. Crazy Oof. speculation time. So, um, a lot of the con, a lot of the uh, advertising copy on Apple's website is referencing to the TV app as the new home for iTunes content. Like, and it's it's calling it like your movies and your TV shows. It's like the new home for that. And I'm wondering, Jason. <laughs> Uh, we may be seeing the breakup of iTunes. And one of the reasons I will say this, mm. that the TV app is coming to the Mac, and they say in the fall, <coughs> Marzipan, uh, mm-hmm. which I absolutely love. Oh, in the fall, for no reason it will appear on the Mac. Um, so I'm wondering, you know, maybe we have thought of the potential that what it will now take for iTunes to go away is for Apple Music to be its own app built on Marzipan, now Apple TV being its own app on Marzipan, that could be it, right? And that iTunes, as we know it, becomes just the store like we have it on iOS. It's just the name for the store. Well, I think on the Mac, the more likely scenario is that iTunes, the app, will remain like a QuickTime player for a while in this weird limbo Mm -hmm. where you can download it or it's there because there's stuff that it does that other apps don't do and it's actually a really nice escape valve for Apple because they don't need to build something that mirrors all the features of iTunes. They can just build the things that they want and say well if you really want to manage an iOS device just use iTunes. Fine. We don't care. But, uh, But yes, I think it's a strong implication. It's not impossible that they might try to make it run on um, previous OS versions too. I don't know quite whether there's some marzipan stuff that they're going to put in uh, in the next version of macOS that they could also kind of package together and do in a Mojave update. Probably not, but I'm, I'm going to leave open the possibility of that just because the thing that does strike me as a little bit weird is if they say it's coming to the Mac in the fall, but the only way you can get it is by updating to the new version of macOS. Uh, but that may be it because mm-hmm. it does feel very much like they're just going to take the TV app in Marzipan and run it on the yeah. Mac in the fall. 
There's, I, I can't think of any other reason why they wait for the fall for it, right? It, that it's surely got to be to do with something that is released in September, i.e. the next version of macOS. The strong implication is that, yeah. Especially because between now and then, uh, more TVs. So we'd previously heard Samsung was going to be getting the TV app, right? That was clearly like Samsung got an exclusivity period because LG, Vizio, and Sony are all getting it. Um, they were uh, they're all announced with HomeKit support, which is coming out with 12.2 today. But they're also going to get the TV app. And as we have again been talking about over the last few weeks, Roku and Fire TV will be getting the uh, Apple TV app. Yeah, this is this is big. That's the one that we, we yep. predicted it. Uh, there was a rumor about Roku. I don't think I've heard a rumor about Amazon. But the moment that they said we're going to be on those um, smart TVs, uh, then I, I made a couple assumptions, and we talked about it on this show. One is when they said iTunes was going to be on Samsung. I was like, well, that'll be the, the TV. Yeah, we know what that means. Or, the, 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 we, we knew the iTunes app was never going to actually exist on this TV. And a bunch of people <laughs> said, no, it's just going to be AirPlay. You know, it, it, And I was like, mm, no, I don't think so. And then today you heard them say, oh, yeah, the TV app's going to be on the, the Samsung TVs like soon mm-hmm. because – this is the Trojan horse. They were really going to launch with the TV app and not just like uh, an Apple Music app or something. And it's going to come to these other uh, TV providers and not. And I was like, oh, my TV provider isn't on the list, um, but that's okay because my TV is a Roku TV. And it was on the next slide, which is the Roku and and Amazing. Amazon Fire TV, which means, yes, if you're somebody who's intrigued by the TV content that Apple is going to be providing in the fall, um, you'll be able to get it on a on an HDTV in your house for under fifty bucks. Like the the one I bought, uh, the Roku I bought for my mom does 1080, and it was twenty nine bucks. And I think there's forty nine bucks you can get a 4K um, of the Roku or the Amazon or both. Like it's they're yeah. they're if you if all you've ever been thinking about are Apple TVs, um, whoo. Well, these other ones are a lot cheaper. The 4K like Fire TV stick is fifty. Yeah. See. And they do like 30 or 40 for the non-4K one. Yeah, so it's it's just, I mean, it's a done deal. Um, and this is the answer to that question that we, we thought we knew in January, which is basically uh, Apple's not investing all this money in all these shows with all these stars in order to sell you an Apple TV. That's mm-hmm. not the point. And uh, we have seen it now. The Apple TV will, I think, continue to exist as a yes. product because it is now like the HomePod, a kind of a premium product. Uh, but uh, it's, not the, it's, it's not also a... Uh, barrier in order to get you to qualify to use a portion of Apple's ecosystem. That's not what it's for. They may have found a new life for the old Apple TV with uh, Apple Arcade, which we'll talk about later on in the show, but they referenced Apple TV when talking about where these games are going to show up. That's true. It's true. That is like they're actually finally maybe trying to make it more of a gaming box. Yeah, every two years or so we hear about Apple trying to make the Apple TV uh, do games. So here we are. The old Apple TV is now called the Apple TV HD. Oh, okay. Because the app Apple TV is now a product that exists, right? Because it's now available outside of the Apple TV. So they've had to change the name of the old Apple TV to Apple TV HD because Apple TV, the app, now is like it has top level navigation on the right. TV page on Apple's website. So it's Apple TV HD and then Apple TV 4K. Yes. And then Apple TV Plus is the the product and Apple TV is the app. Yes, that, that can exist is, in other places. Yep. 
Well, I, I missed I missed the punctuation, but I do feel like this was this had to be the name of it, right? It's just mm-hmm. so straightforward. It's yep. Apple TV. That's what it is. So it's Apple TV. Apple TV is the app, including the channels inside the app, and then TV Plus is the Apple service that is ladled on top, which is nicely parallel with um, the news service that they announced today, too. Yeah. Before we get into Apple TV Plus, is there anything more you wanted to talk about with the TV app? Uh, you know, I, I want to try it, uh, and I dread that because, again, it's all about the details, and it's also, unfortunately, about some of the partnership stuff. Um, and I think that if you've got a cable company that is partnering with Apple on this, you're going to have a better experience. Um, but if your streaming services are either using the TV API or are an Apple TV channel, I think it has the potential to be a, a pretty decent uh, service. But again, we, you got to use it, right? Because it could be that you use it, you know, and 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 your reaction is, "Oh no, this is not. This doesn't make sense." And there's just no way to tell from a uh, a canned demo. But otherwise, I would say I think this is uh, I think this is what we what they had to do, mm-hmm. right? Like I think that the Amazon Prime channels thing is a good idea if you're a major player. Um, and a platform having the ability to roll these smaller services inside of your ecosystem yep. is a good thing. And I actually think it's a good thing for everybody. I can't speak to the business model between the services that are being resold and the big guys like Apple and Amazon. Maybe maybe it's desperation or maybe it's a good deal for them too. I, I would like to think it's a good deal for them just because of the promotion it they get inside these apps because Apple and Amazon are motivated to to do to sell channels. And for consumers I think it's actually a great deal cuz you know, quite frankly, if I never have to launch the CBS All Access app again, it'll be too soon. It's like I have loved not having to launch that app or deal with their infrastructure and just deal with Amazon. And Amazon has been rock solid for that. And I love that that service. And and, um, when I've had BritBox inside Prime Channels, the same deal. Like, it's so much nicer to reduce the number of apps that I have to use to find what I want to watch. So I think Apple had to do it. And I think it will ultimately be good for everybody, assuming that they executed right. This episode of Upgrade is brought to you by Simple Contacts. You probably have a bunch of things that demand your time. You have work to do, side projects to complete, amazing episodes of Upgrade to listen to, maybe Mm. a video game or two to play. Luckily, you don't have to worry about spending a bunch of time ordering your contact lenses anymore because Simple Contacts will let you renew your prescription and reorder your contacts online. You can do it from anywhere in just minutes. They have a self-guided vision test that takes just five minutes to complete, which is so much faster than taking time off to go to the doctor's office. A licensed doctor reviews every test so you can skip the office visit but not the care. I need to let you know this is not a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. Simple Contacts will check that your current prescription still helps you see 2020 and will renew your lenses based on that prescription. They're not writing completely new prescriptions or examining your eye health. The Simple Contacts app is super well made and the vision test is really easy to perform. You can just set it down and you read it like a chart. So you just walk some like space away. It's like an eye chart. It's like the test that you usually have to go to the office for, but instead you can do it in your bedroom in your pajamas if you want to. The app walks you through every single step. The prices are way better comparatively than what I've seen elsewhere. I don't want to have to wait in a doctor's office to ever have to do something like this again, knowing that Simple Contacts is this out there in the world. This app makes it so much smoother and easier for you to renew your contact lenses. You can trust me on that one. Simple Contacts have all the brands and lens types you're already familiar with. Their vision tests cost just $20. The prices of the contact lenses are unbeatable and the standard shipping is free. Plus, on top of all of that, 
I have a special offer for our listeners. You can join the other 5,000 people who have rated Simple Contacts five stars in the App Store and get $20 off your contacts by going to simplecontacts.com slash ahoy20 and using the code ahoy20. That is simplecontacts.com slash ahoy20 and the code ahoy20 ahoy20 and you'll get $20 off. Our thanks to Simple Contacts for their support of this show and Relay FM. Apple TV Plus. Is this why the phones are called Max? Maybe. I think it Maybe. might be. It reduces some confusion. Right. I feel like it would have been super weird if they would have had like multiple products with plus in the name and some of them are written out P-L-U-S and some of them just have the plus sign. Uh, considering they t- at least tried to clear up some of the issues of Apple TV, right? Like they don't, they don't want too many things named exactly the same anymore. Mm. The opening uh, was was really cool. They had like a bunch of like that, that. We should mention they had a really nice kind of opening credit sequence video at the start of the presentation. That was nice. But I did right. notice something, Jason. I want to see what you think about this. When they kind of showed off the Apple TV Plus, they had like this clouds and this little sound played, which sounded like a modified kind of startup sound for like a Mac or something. Do you think this will be Apple's network stinger? I don't know anything about it. I I don't know if I even noticed that. So I have no comment on that. I'm going to see if I can try and grab the audio and put it into the show so people can hear it for themselves. But there was like this nice little chime. I was like, oh, I wonder if that's their version of the HBO thing, you know? Hmm. So they Tim brought out Zach Van Amberg and Jamie Ellick to say, which I was pleased about actually, because I figured that these should be the people, right? They are the TV people. They should be the people that yeah. introduced this part of the presentation. Uh, was this a welcome surprise for you? I'm not surprised. I, I thought that they were the ideal candidates to this because Apple hired them June 2017, by the way. Not mm-hmm. quite. It's 21 months ago they hired them. They announced that they hired these guys. So this has been in the works for a very long time. And so for them to be able to push it across the finish line, I think was only appropriate. Mm -hmm. This is, this part of the event is very much this weird hybrid of an Apple event and a television industry, like something like an upfront or a television critic associations tour kind of thing where Mm -hmm. they're, it's a dog and pony show for, uh, you know, networks. And this was, kind of that this was like apple saying we can use our power as a company that calls these events to do our own dog and pony show about our our new stuff and these guys have been running it and living it for a year and a half and so i thought that was uh i thought it was only appropriate for them to do it now the way they did it is fascinating because what they didn't do is what we assumed which was that people would come out and and there would be trailers and instead what we got is um, people came out and talked about what the content of their show was and why it was important and um, and showed kind of like a there was like a backdrop and they actually had projectors that were projecting it onto the sides. That's of how the they did that. Theater. OK, mm, okay. so you, it, it was almost like kind of a wraparound thing um, in the theater itself that that up the sides on these like little slats of the of the um, like the walls of the interior. Um was from a, a projection in the back, as far as I could tell, um, and the, but showing like a still, but that was it. And then they talked about it, and that was the whole thing. And then we got the brief sizzle reel at the end. And I think partly that was because Apple wanted to show off the people and put the people, you know, who are mostly the stars of these shows, at the center. Um, 
but uh, it is interesting that they that they didn't do anything but a sizzle reel. I have some theories about that. I feel like um, this isn't coming out until the fall, which mm-hmm. was one of the rumors was that it wouldn't the the programs wouldn't actually be ready until the fall, and that has proven to be true. Um, they didn't mention a price. Uh, we don't have a lot of of details about the rollout, and I've seen some disappointment about that. I'm a little disappointed because I always want to know whatever, but um, I feel like the purpose of this was to was for Apple to explain what this was yep. and give it its branding, yep. explain where it fits and what Apple is doing, and show off the people that it and that they value the creative people, right? Which is some of these stories that have come out. It's like, oh, what does Apple feel? And this was Apple basically saying and sending a message to the entertainment industry saying, here's what it is, here's what it's called. We love you. You are storytellers and we think you're the best. The story was starting to get out of control for them for many reasons. One, for yeah. the rumors, and two, just because they're continuing to sign more and more content whilst never acknowledging that they were yeah. actually doing anything. And the tenor of the industry pieces and some of the larger like Wall Street Journal and New York Times pieces about this has become, well, more negative. But when I read through the line, between the lines of them, I kept thinking... There's a lot of people in Hollywood who are just frustrated that this is not a this is not a thing that's been announced yet, and they want to know more. And that is, um, you can roll your eyes at that, and I certainly did a little bit. But at the same time, those are the people who you have to work with to make these shows. Yeah, you can't completely come in as Apple and do things only your way, right? Like they have to play ball a little bit with the industry yeah. at large, and this is part of that. So this and this, so they show their appreciation. They're they're you know kind of uh, bending the knee to uh, mm-hmm. the greatness of Hollywood storytellers, and it's Zach and Jamie on stage doing that because they're the ones who are making the deals, and it gives them. Everybody knows what it is now. It's Apple TV Plus. Here are some of the people involved. It's coming this fall. Here's what the the interface looks like with the Apple TV shows in it. Um, this is how it's going to work. And yeah, there are details missing, but. If I'm a uh, Hollywood person who is uh, frustrated that it's all like I've been working for two years on something that nobody even knows about, you know, maybe you're not Jennifer Aniston. And if you are, hi, Jen. Hi. It was nice to be in the room with you today. Um, (laughs) If you're not Jennifer Aniston, at least you know the circles in which you're moving, the product you're working on. You can tell your friends, yes, I am working on a thing for that Apple TV Plus thing that launches this fall. Mm -hmm. It's out the... Uh, it, you know, it's it's out in the world now, and and while if you're a an Apple follower and you're frustrated because you were just trying to see what the price was, I hear you. I don't think it was for you. I, I think this was Apple setting the table. There is a second event coming, which it will be the iPhone event, when this will all be announced and shown off, and they'll talk about pricing, and like that's when we'll get our trailers. Mm. So okay, so here's the thing: it wouldn't surprise me if they launch this or announce the launch date at the iPhone event. Here's the thing: now that the sizzle reel is out, now that they've launched, they they've unveiled oh, okay. whatever you want to call it, they've announced the name and the stars and some of the names of the shows and all of that. Apple is now free to roll out trailers whenever the heck they want. want, Yeah, good point. Good point. Mm -hmm. So they could drop a Jason Momoa C trailer in May and say, isn't this, you know, everybody get excited about how amazing this is. And in July, they could drop a thing uh, with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon and and Steve Carell and be like, oh my God, isn't this going to be fun? And they can just keep on promoting that stuff. They don't have to hold it. They could hold it until a little bit closer to air, but they don't have to now. All those rules are out. 
the window because the product is now a real service service is now a real thing whatever it is it's a service that has been announced instead mm-hmm. of being one of these coy like we're very excited about Oprah and we'll have more to share later now it's like okay it's called Apple TV plus it exists it's coming this fall that opens the door for all sorts of promotion at whatever time Apple wants you mentioned Jason Momoa um, he came out um, among many uh, stars came out on stage he came out with Alfre Woodard and they spoke about C now all yeah. we've really known about C is that it was a sci-fi show and it was probably the most expensive TV show ever made <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, but yep. we found out uh, like we did with many of these shows today what they actually are and now I already had read that C was about a, a, a post-apocalyptic world okay. where, pe- where where people can't see. That, I had that had seen been out that there one, somewhere. But, but there's, yeah. th- or at least even we, we, the very most we had like real top line descriptions for what they are. But the creators were able to talk about it a little bit more. And I thought that this show, I'm excited about the show. I love the idea. I love the premise. Right. So the premise is that there was a virus that hit the earth and it killed many people it left like a few million people left but all of those people couldn't see anymore so you're like oh that's the show is about them dealing with it but then they kind of twist it a bit where it's like many generations later the world is now kind of just adapted to the fact that people can't see the idea of sight is almost feels like a fable the show begins and like Mm -hmm. i think that that is really interesting sounding yeah it's and the funny thing about tv is this is why you have to do a lot of different shows is that Mm mm-hmm Different shows are going to appeal to different people. You know, I, I'm sure you already have understood that Stephen Hackett and I will both be uh, right there for that. Ron Moore, uh, oh, what's it called? I, I wrote it down. Anyway, it's the it's the space race one, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, space race, alternate history space race. It's great. That sounds great to me too, though. Yeah. Like, I will say that, like, especially everything they showed today, I want to watch all of that. For All Mankind, by the way, is the name of it. That's- for All Mankind. Okay. But like all of the shows that they that they put on stage today, I'm like, yeah, I would try all of those. Like the the, the sure. pitches for those shows sound exciting to me. And some of them will be good, and some of them will be bad. Um, anthology shows, I have this theory, which is that anthology shows were big in the like the 50s and 60s, but um, have decreased in popularity as time went by. They basically died on network. And the truth is that um, Black Mirror <laughs> made anthology series hot again cool like again. if i were yeah. if i were steven spielberg i would send many notes of thanks to charlie brooker for doing black mirror because everybody saw black mirror and was like "Ooh, anthology series tell me more and my theory is that most people don't want to watch anthology series people like watching um like shows with with the same actors and the same characters every week and uh, although with streaming, it's a little different. It's like a bunch of mini movies kind of thing. And Black Mirror has been successful. But um, there are two of these Apple shows or anthology series. The Kumail Nanjiani, um, Emily mm-hmm. Gordon uh, show, A Little America. And of course, Amazing Stories with Mr. Spielberg, who um, doesn't want Netflix to win Oscars. But this is TV, man. This is Apple TV. TV's <laughs> fine. It's not It's not getting any Oscars. It's fine. It's fine. It can, it can get all the Golden Globes at once. Or like yeah, whatever, all the Emmys. Emmys. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, right. So anyway, um, I, I think that's funny. And I think it, that that is something I'm going to watch because I'm skeptical about the appetite for anthology series. And if you look... Um, 
let's see, the the replacement for Black Mirror when it moved networks was the Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams series. That got canceled. Twilight Zone on CBS All Access is Jordan Peele, and uh, that'll be great, except nobody will watch it, because this is my prediction, is nobody watches anthology shows. Mm. And Black Mirror has, sold, has made a lot of money for a lot of people to make anthology shows that nobody will watch and will eventually fall off the network. Doesn't mean they are not good. Um, and the Apple ones may be good too, but... I feel like you already kind of gave a hint earlier, but being in the room of all those celebrities, were there any like specific that stood out to you as you were just excited to be in the same room as them? Uh, well, I mean, they're all down low in the in the good seats, right, where the pretty people are, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the press is up 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 high, and it, from far away, you know, it's like, is that Tim Robbins? I think it is Tim Robbins talking to Eddie Q. I don't know, maybe. Um, you know, yeah, I, I so it's cool to see people. I've seen so many famous people at in theaters at Apple events that it's a it's a ridiculous list. And I got a lot more of them. You know, I don't think I've ever been in a room with J.J. Abrams. He did a WWDC thing that I didn't go to. Um, and yes, like I like I as I spoke earlier to a veteran upgradian Jennifer Aniston, um, <laughs> you know, she's about my age. I re- remember, you know, her being in Friends and all that. And that was kind of fun to see that. And a bunch of other famous people, Steven Spielberg, for Pete's sake. I got to see Steven Spielberg in person. That was pretty cool. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's fine. I've seen you two a couple of times at Apple events, too. And look how well that went. So I think the overall slate of content is looking pretty interesting that you know they they had like their scissor reel showed off like a bunch of stuff and it looks like from at least a production standpoint they have a lot of shows that look very pretty um oprah came out she was kind of like the one more thing type situation right and she gave a really touching speech um and they actually gave some information about what she's working on so we knew it was like a big deal with apple a lot of things they're working on together but she's working on two documentaries right now and it seems like some kind of video like whether it's going to be in the TV service or it's going to be a podcast, we're not sure. The book club, uh, the, like the Oprah book club, she wants to kind of put that into a billion pockets. So she said, I really enjoyed her speech. I thought it was very touching and very funny. Um, but yeah, so like that, we we had assumed Oprah would, would come out and Tim seemed very emotional about Oprah. He wiped away a tear. He did, he did. Wiped away a tear for Oprah. We, we knew, I mean, that was the easiest one to call, right? And in fact, mm-hmm. when she wasn't in that original, the guy sitting next to me, I don't even know who he was, was like, Oprah, Oprah, come on, Oprah, Oprah, Oprah. <laughs> and it was never Oprah, right? It was always somebody else. And then he was big burning. He's like, oh, I don't think this is Oprah, right? And then, and I'm sitting there going, okay, guys next to me i'm a little surprised too that there's no oprah yet and then there's like oh there's one other person i'm like and i began writing my tweet at that point saying that oprah was on stage because i knew Mm -hmm. that that was gonna be there and that was indeed what it was so uh you know what they're using her for is also interesting because it's the you know she's got a bunch of projects in the works that that was a good example of somebody who's got an overall deal with apple instead of somebody who's got a show on apple um, although I think Reese Witherspoon's company has sold like three shows, didn't we say last week? Three she or four sold shows? her company, Hello Sunshine, has sold the most kind of like individual shows. But like Oprah has a special deal, which is just like overarching all kinds of yeah. content, right? Including Oprah, like Oprah's making content, yeah, yeah, just like the that uh, Obama deal with Netflix, right? Exactly, it's like the Oprah deal with Apple, and she's got a documentary and a mm-hmm. miniseries. Uh, doc and she's going to do a book club uh, like with live conversation with the author and stuff which I actually think because Oprah's book club for people who don't know and people don't know Oprah very well Oprah's book club on her weekday show in the US when that was on was enormous like one of the greatest ways to sell a book 
ever. And honestly, I think got people to read a book who'd never read books. And uh, it was a phenomenon. And so the fact that she's kind of going to bring that back and use Apple as the platform, I think could be very interesting depending on how they do it, because um, the digital media world might be a better fit for something like that, because you could do little bits about the book and uh, talk to people who are reading it. And she's going to do this apparently like a live conversation with the author, but that'll be available on demand. And I kind of feel like um, it would be easy to say, oh, well, it's it's nice. This is prestige stuff, but who's going to actually do it? But I will say um, Oprah's Book Club was like a, an enormous thing. And if, if they can do that right using the technology at hand for Apple, that could be um, a, a big deal. All right. Should we move on to Apple News? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, we will have every opportunity to talk about Apple Apple TV Plus in the future since it's not it's out coming yet. later. We don't know how much <laughs> it costs. We don't know if it's going to cost anything. We don't know anything. Well, okay. So I want to make a point there. We we do know that pricing is going to be announced in the fall, and that is a that it it is a subscription service, which to me. And again, I don't believe these reports that we've seen that said, oh, they're just going to give it away and make the money up on channels because mm-hmm. I don't think that actually makes any sense at all. No, I don't either. I think you would have to be really far down a rabbit hole to believe that the press release saying that pricing is going to be announced in the fall and that it's a subscription service could mean that the pricing is nothing and that anybody can subscribe. I just, no, it, it will have a price. Pricing will be announced in the fall. They're not going to yep. give this stuff away. The real price is the bundle. That's That's the real price. Probably. If there is a bundle, that's probably it. And then also, um, you know, we'll we'll see how they want to do the trial period because, mm-hmm. like uh, other stuff, Apple Music had a trial period. Apple News Plus has a trial 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 period. So there's opportunity out there. One thing we do know, though, is it won't be U.S. only. It will be launching in over a hundred countries at launch. Yeah, and that's because they signed all of their deals to have full worldwide rights to their content. To which. I'd sincerely thank Apple for making that happen because that was never a, a, a dead set in my mind. So I'm very pleased that that's going to be the case. All right. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bombas. Look, you might not think about socks very often. If you're anything like me, busy, busy. It's all busy. Everyone's busy. We're all busy these days. This is a, that is, I actually think, a great thing about a lot of our sponsors is just busyness, taking away things you don't have to worry mm. about anymore. Maybe you don't spend a lot of time thinking what goes on your feet, but let me tell you why you should think about Bombas socks. They're super stylish, super comfortable. They have really great patterns. Some of my favorite patterns. Have you seen the stripes, Mike? Yes, have I've seen, seen lots seen of stripes. The men's nautical stripe dress calf sock because that is have. that is my um, that is like my sock. Well, let me tell you, Jason. Right they socks have a plus Sesame socks Street, plus, Mike. They have a what? Sesame Street collaboration, which I absolutely adore because they are Sesame Street themed socks. So like if you look at them, they're just like fun colors or fun patterns, but they are like evoking specific Sesame Street characters. Like, for example, they have blue socks with just one little cookie on them. I think that these are really cool and they like Bombas socks are super comfortable, but I think that the patterns, the patterns really sell me. Um, I am a man who enjoys a fancy, colorful sock. They have mm. great dress socks and they have socks of all different sizes. So if you want athletic socks or quarter socks, calf socks, they've got them all. Bombas makes the most comfortable socks ever. They're made from super soft, natural cotton, and every single pair comes with arch support, a seamless toe, a cushioned footbed. These are super comfy without being too thick, and that is 
wonderful. They have so many colors, patterns, lengths, and styles. They'll look great in the gym, at the office, or out on the town. Your feet, they're dreaming of Bomber socks right now. And for every purchase you make, they donate a pair to someone in need as well. I love that. I think that's awesome. Buy your Bombas socks today at bombas.com, B-O-M-B-A-S.com slash upgrade, and you will get 20% off your first purchase. That is B-O-M-B-A-S.com slash upgrade for 20% off. Go there right now. Your feet will thank you for it. That, that URL, one last time, bombas.com slash upgrade for that 20% off. Our thanks to Bombas for their support of this show and Relay FM. B-O-M-B-A-S. This is going to be another one of those situations where no one understands what I'm saying because the chat room right now are really struggling. It's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash upgrade. B-O-M-B-A-S Bombas dot com. That's the American pronunciation. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, Mike. All right. So should we move on to Apple News Plus? Uh, yeah, let's let's do it. This is the um, texture thing that Apple bought, which was the magazine service. Now, the big difference here, and I thought very cleverly shown on stage by being demoed uh, on an iPhone, is what they're not trying to do is digital replicas, where there's like, hey, here's an iPad, and we scanned in a page of a magazine, and you can read it. That's not what they're doing here. They have worked with all these uh, companies uh, that publish these magazines to try and get the content feeds out and then have them display in an attractive way, but using the Apple News format. Um, and so, yes, you can read them on your iPad and they'll look nice, but you can read them on your iPhone. And so they've taken their deals, the texture made with the publishers. They seem to have rolled those over. So there's 3,000, I mean 300 magazines in total. That was a little slip up in a <laughs> order of magnitude mistake by the presenter. That's... Um, and, uh, and then also, um, and it's funny, I was watching my Twitter feed and like, I was literally watching people complain about things that hadn't been mentioned yet as they were being mentioned multiple times in this, uh, in this event, including, but what about newspapers? And the answer is, well, yes, they, uh, the, the LA times and the wall street journal. So not the Washington post, not the New York times, but the LA times and the wall street journal are in there. There are a bunch of digital premium subscribers like, uh, Subscriptions like TechCrunch has their new premium tier, and that's going to be covered in here, and other stuff like that is going to going to be covered in, as a part of this single uh, subscription plan. And unlike so many of the things announced today, this is basically pushing out with the next version of iOS and macOS with an updated news app, and will be a one-month free trial, and it has a price of $9.99, and uh, is also launching in Canada. And they've got Canadian partners, including um, magazines and uh, a large newspaper and in English and French. And then uh, we'll be rolling out in the UK and Australia pretty soon, like this fall. So this is this is a service that is the furthest along of anything announced today, I think. Yeah, because it's out now. Right, like that—that mm-hmm. that makes it nat- just yep. naturally the furthest, right? Because it's something it's pretty you can pretty get. far along if it's actually been released. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think so. But I think this is um, I. I, I'm fascinated because I, I my guess is that this was not part of their original plan with news. Um, if it was, then good for them for having the foresight. But like the first step with news was to get the news app out and try to make the news reading experience and the web reading experience nicer by letting Apple control the uh, the app part of it. And then you just have to generate content in a feed format, in RSS or in Apple News format. And... Uh, then they hired, you know, they started hiring editorial people to curate and they built recommendation engines, which, which also I should say every single presentation today 
had a at least a nod toward privacy, which was very interesting. And and that is something that Apple has just all in on now. Every product, it's like the the Greenpeace uh, protests leading to the um, the uh, eco friendly slide on every single product announcement Apple makes. Mm-hmm. This is like that, where it's like there will always be a privacy mention in a product or a service. And so here they revealed that um, your personalized news recommendations actually come from a pool of recommendations that is dropped in your device. And then your device uses its on-device analysis of your behavior to select out of that pool and show you stories. So Apple doesn't know what you're reading. Only your device does, and it doesn't radio that back. That is really interesting, and I didn't know that before. I'm not sure if they've shared that before, but that is that is something that they kept hitting home about in terms of what um, you know what their commitment to privacy is. Do you think? I mean, they didn't say, but like, do you think that they're maybe doing some iCloud-based sharing, like they do with photo stuff? Because you could end up with completely different recommendations, device to device, right? Depending on what you're reading. I don't know. I think. I I don't use Apple News enough to say, but I think maybe there is some tracking of what you've read in your iCloud account. Yeah. Um, but I'm not 100% on that. I mean, it would make sense that it is that way. It doesn't mean that they did it, but that would make sense. And that would be something that would be locked to you and it wouldn't be Apple knowing it, right? It would be your data syncing across devices. So it, mm-hmm. may, it may do that. Um, anyway, so the, the next step of this is there's still a lot of paywalled content out there and it's not in Apple News. And they decided to buy the texture service because they wanted to go in this direction. And I got to say, I think this is a pretty cool idea. I think $10 a month to unlock access to all sorts of extra content could potentially be really good. It all comes down to the partners. Although I will say as a Californian, having the LA times um, is really good because that's a really good newspaper. And uh, in general, the wall street journal Honestly, like $10 a month for the Wall Street Journal alone is not a bad deal at all if it truly is the bulk of the content from the journal. And there's some kind of question about exactly what is in there. Yeah, it doesn't seem that there's a definitive answer yet. But that and then like Sports Illustrated and like some of the other magazine partners, like it it doesn't take a lot. If you're somebody who likes to read, it doesn't take a lot for the $10 a month to actually be a pretty good deal. Now, it's not for everybody, obviously, but their point with uh, 300 magazines was to say there's probably five or 10 magazines on here that speak directly to you. It doesn't, you're not going <laughs> to, as they said humorously, now if you subscribe to all 300 magazines, it would cost you $8,000 a year. Well, like that. nobody's, nobody's going to do that, um, but you can burrow down into something that is uh, like super interesting to you maybe rolling stone is interesting to you or we sports illustrated would be interesting to me i used to subscribe to that there's a lot of um opportunity here for this to be not for everybody for but to be a good deal for a lot of people who like to read so this felt to me a lot like another attempt at newsstand right like apple's old service yeah they even said oh we love a newsstand and they had a picture of a newsstand with uh, i looked uh, mac life because MacWorld's not printed anymore, but MacLife is still done in print. And there was a MacLife issue right in front of a Wired issue. And I was like, yeah, they put a Mac magazine in there. It's great. Um, uh, so they mentioned a newsstand and they showed the newsstand. And, you know, this is what newsstand should have been. That's the set. That's the tragedy of it is yes. that newsstand should have been this, you know, eight years ago. Newsstand should have been this. Newsstand should have been. And Steve Jobs got carried away with a, a product demo and went in a totally different direction. Newsstand should have been, um, I am 
providing you with this this player basically app and here's a spec you put your content in this format and it will be viewable and instead what newsstand was was hey why doesn't everybody write an app their own custom app which was super expensive hard to do led to a lot of bad apps and ultimately was a failure so uh this is very much like newsstand except the right way mm-hmm. as a as as somebody went through that process with macworld let me tell you boy i wish this had been it because it would have been so easy to set up a project saying we're gonna do an apple news uh, export from macworld magazine um you know whether our business people would have wanted to do the deal for the for the uh, premium one i don't know but um it would have been a conversation and it would have been something that would would have been within our area of expertise and instead we spent a lot of money on an app developer for an app that was okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is nice to see Apple finally get there with this. Apple News is a pretty decent vehicle for this. Apple News is is not my favorite thing. <laughs> I don't use it a lot, but um but it has gotten better over time and I think that putting custom or putting a, you know, premium content in it could potentially make it uh, just that much uh, more appealing. Yeah, it it reminded me of Newsstand in a few ways, right? Like the bold layouts and the interactive elements and moving images and mm-hmm. automatic downloading and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, except they did it all with this Apple News format stuff where mm-hmm. um, you don't have to write an app. You just have to, uh, they write the app and say, here's here are the, the rich elements you can provide me, which is absolutely the right way to do it. <laughs> Yeah, I guess the 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 other part of it, like you know, we're not going to know, um, is when thinking about like, is this going to be a success? It's like this is great for the customer because you get a lot of option available to you for not a, a large amount of money. But what is it going to be like for the publisher? Like we just we just we don't know, and I think that we that will be the thing that ends up like, will this be newsstand failed attempt three, or is it going to be? A better, a, a better, more long-lasting experience than that for more publishers. We just don't know. My, yet. my gut feeling is that because this is a, some something where there are deals happening behind the scenes, that it, it is much more likely to be successful. There are already a lot of people using Apple News. It is a because it's installed on every Apple device. There are a lot of people who use it. It's a much friendlier approach than RSS was. Uh, as much as nerds uh, love RSS, fact is, regular people didn't really ever get it, and this is. But that is basically what this is: is a glorified RSS kind of reader system, um, and those deals behind the scenes can be adjusted. So if this, you know, Apple can drop its percentage. Apple, you know, can make new deals based on what publishers are seeing. Um, maybe some deals will fall out and others will come in, but I feel like it will. Um, They've got much more flexibility with something like this to kind of like uh, keep adjusting it on the fly and making sure that it, it works pretty well. Um, if nobody ever uses it, then it'll be a flop. But I, I think it will. Um, I think it's got a good chance of succeeding at some level. Um, maybe not to the wildest dreams of some of the publishers, but um, I think it's got a shot. And I, I am somebody who has kind of been skeptical about this thing. I think it's got a shot at success. Hmm. Is this a product that Jason Snow wants in his life? I will seriously consider it. I have a lot of things to read, but mm-hmm. I would seriously consider it because, like I said, I think it's a pretty good deal just for the LA Times and Wall Street Journal and you know some of those magazines alone. I will uh, seriously consider it. Yeah. Yeah. See, this isn't this isn't going to be my thing, right? I don't think yeah. unless you know, like I pay for the Wall Street Journal because 
I get great use in my work out of the articles that they write. Um, but if, for example, it was the full Wall Street Journal uh, experience that, that I currently have available to me and or it's just the things that I want, which is mostly the tech coverage, uh, then then I would switch over to Apple News because it would be saving me money because the Wall Street Journal is already more expensive than $10 a month. It's like 25 or $30 a month. Uh, so, you know, there could be something in it there for me, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's something that I particularly uh, would would want in my life. All right, should we uh, should we take another break and then move on to Apple Arcade and Apple Card? Fantastic idea. All right, today's episode is also brought to you by our friends over at Smile, and I want to tell you all about Text Expander, one of my very very favorite applications that I use on my devices. Copy and paste just is not a good way to keep track of the things that you type over and over again. And Text Expander will make you more productive by taking care of all of those words and phrases for you. You can store frequently used phrases into snippets, and they'll expand of a short abbreviation as you type. Text Expander works in all of your apps, so you can use it everywhere. Apps like Pages and Word and Excel, Illustrator, InDesign, and many many more. And the shiny new Text Expander 6.5 is out now with a new visual editor for snippets. This gives you visual access to creating snippets with fill in information, dates and date math, nested snippets, and more. So, this is when you're creating a snippet, you can drag and drop in some elements like date elements. So, I have this, for example, that whenever I'm uh, sending, like if I'm sending something to one of our sponsors about an invoice, I can type in a little invoice snippet and it'll pop up and it will take the current month and just throw that in. This is your invoice for x month and it will just say march because it's easy for them to just throw it in there for me super simple for me to do that's the information that i need it's wonderful and automation is even easier with javascript syntax highlighting and windows users get offline editing support plus an improved expansion all in 6.5 i have a windows pc I'm able to use Text Expander on my Windows PC. I love that because when I'm sitting down at a computer and I'm typing away, I'm expecting this stuff to be firing off. And even when I'm at my PC, I get very confused if my Text Expander snippets are not firing. And don't forget as well, Smile or Text Expander, they have a great blog that has a ton of industry tips and snippet tricks that you can always go and get some more information from as well. With this brand new release, now is an even more wonderful time, a great time to try out Text Expander. Go to textexpander.com slash podcast right now and you can get 20% off your first year. That is textexpander.com slash podcast to get 20% off your first year. Our thanks to Text Expander for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Apple Arcade. This That's is right. this is going on okay. down to the Apple Arcade. <laughs> Let me just say something about the naming of these of this whole thing. You know Apple confuses me with their naming, right? Because like why is why do we have Apple TV Plus? We have Apple News Plus. Why do we have Apple Arcade? Like how did that happen in the lineup of looking at their services? I prefer the name Apple Arcade to Apple News Plus and Apple TV Plus, but it's like ah, you? you're going down a route. Oh, no, you're not. You're going you've gone off on the left field here and we now have Apple Arcade. What else would they call it? Games Apple Plus. Games Plus? Yeah, well, why not, though? It's called News Plus and TV Plus. Like, that's yeah. just, they're just as bad names, but there's, like, a <laughs> consistency, right? <laughs> yeah, well, this is a better name. I like this name. This is adorable. Trust me. Because I it's love fun. It way like, more. that's it's, why. No, it's a way it's better fun. name. Because it's fun. Yeah, but, it's games. It's fun. Okay. TV is serious business, Mike. News <laughs> is serious business. But games. And Ty, senior vice president of the App Store, came out to talk right. about this. And she said yep. a phrase that I loved. 
competing with free is hard. Yeah, this is basically the mea culpa on how distorted. I mean, they didn't they didn't say it this way. They're like, hey, free to play games. Everybody loves them. They make lots of money, and they make lots of money for us because we take our cut and you do in app purchases, and it's great. Everybody loves them. But what of the other games? Our system is broken, and they are not as successful as they should be. And so Apple has basically created a a, a separate business model that is not purchasing games. It's not free with in-app purchase. It's not purchasing games. It is subscription service where they apparently are like helping fund games and uh, and publishing them, and they're exclusive to this service. Fascinating. So, yeah, the publishing part is is one of the things that is most important, and, and I have some stuff that I want to get to about that in a minute. Um, but this is a hundred games, right? That Apple are claiming some level of exclusivity over as part of this uh, game subscription service, right? Mobile exclusivity and service exclusivity. It doesn't mean that they might not sell it on a console. Exactly, because there was a specific game that they showed, which I think is called Overland, which is coming to the Switch. Um, so, mm. like, it was one of the ones that was in their little presentation. But to be honest. Apple just doesn't want these games on Android. Like that's that's their big thing, right? Like not on Android and not on any other maybe subscription service that will come out. Now we need to say this is a subscription service. It is not a streaming service. I get these names wrong all the time and I will continue to get these names wrong. But like this is a, you pay an amount of money, you can download these games. These games are yours, I'm assuming, until you stop paying. Um, and you can play them offline, you can play them online, etc. Like they are, you're paying an amount of money to get access to playing these games. Um, I think that they have an incredibly exciting selection of games available. There are a lot of really top tier developers working on this. So you have like Sega, they're bringing Sonic Racing. Lego is building a game for this. Um, uh, Annapurna Interactive they are like a fantastic publisher uh, there are some sequels a, there was a wonderful RPG called Oceanhorn Oceanhorn 2 is going to be on this uh, Us 2 Games, the creators of Monument Valley have a new game called Repair which is going to be here um, Like there is like a bunch of great studios a bunch of great developers I am so so excited about this because this isn't just like a thing that I like which is iOS games it's also like they seem to have done a very good job at it where they're bringing in the right developers to make these games. Like I was wondering like, are we going to see the makers of like Clash of Clans here? And we're not because this isn't their business. That's and so, right. uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm really excited about the way that they seem to have done this. Um, so we mentioned the Apple TV earlier. So these will be on iPhone, iPad, Mac and the Apple TV. I'm not expecting every game will be, but I bet a lot of games will be, and where possible, I'm sure Apple is pushing on that um, well, for them to do keep that. In, keep in mind that at this point, if you make a game, at least this fall, when this service is going to arrive, you should be able to make a game that runs on iOS and Apple TV and Mac, right? Mars and Pan wouldn't be a, a differentiator here because games aren't written in native iOS languages. Like you can, 
they're like so for example the reason that Altos Adventure and Altos Odyssey are on the Mac is because they're just they're written in Unreal or whatever which the Mac supports yeah, you know, but like I, I would imagine that the work that is done to make it work on iOS that one of Apple's priorities for the fall would be to get it that it, you could take a game off of iOS and play it on the Mac and that would be part of what would be mm. marzipan yeah I, that makes sense um along your train of thought but i don't i just i I don't know if that does necessarily make it easier i don't know i, I if, since they have this thing you, game development uses different different technologies right but i mean i guess that's the question is will that stuff i i, I just i look at this and i think this is a reason why if you're building marzipan you prioritize mm-hmm. the general concept of game over here should run over there mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. because of yeah, this, that makes sense. Like uh, I'm, right. I'm, I'm completely on board with you. Right. That 100 percent makes sense. Not saying, not saying that. Well, of course, Marzipan will bring it, but more like Marzipan. Marzipan is a thing that Apple has had to prioritize over this last year and mm-hmm. be, and before. And I look at this thing and I go, mm, probably going to prioritize game compatibility, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> just because you're going to be charging people for this and. Uh, it makes them the game service look better, and it makes the Mac look better. Yeah. So it, it's like even yeah. just fundamentally, Apple, I'm sure, will be pushing because they are trying to be pushing more people to make their stuff cross-platform in the future. Anyway, if they're going to be involved in this service, we would like yeah. you to do this, right? We want you to have yep. this everywhere. Um, and part of this is, I think, because so Apple made like a very quick kind of comment. Uh, Anti made a quick comment about kind of like helping these studios out i think yeah. apple is acting as publisher they are paying an amount of money to these companies to grant this exclusivity and also to help them kind of get along their way here yeah. which makes yeah. perfect sense and this is 100 percent the way they should do this this one thing this idea of apple being publisher it's making me rethink the idea of the old adage apple doesn't get games I think this is Apple getting games, Jason. It's very important that they do it this way. I want to hear from the developers about this. That That is the next phase of this and what we'll hear over the next week mm-hmm. is we'll hear from some game developers who are deep down in this and their thoughts about this. But like you, I looked at this and I thought, oh, like that is such a better approach to say, we want this thing to succeed um, and we're going we're gonna to not just like scoop up apps that get submitted to the app store and say say would you like to have this and no they're gonna you got to start way before that and if you're going to start way before that you're going to negotiate a deal and if you negotiate an exclusive distribution deal um part of that is probably uh you know to kick in some money and maybe you know you're a publisher at that point but the idea here is apple is going to create a service that's going to throw off a lot of cash to developers but it costs a lot of money to develop these games and a lot of these developers are small indie developers so it may change over time but i like the idea of apple saying we want the catalog to be good we're going to have more than a hundred of these games and we've seen your track record and it's really good and we're going to be your business partner here and by business partner we don't mean you do all the work upload it to the store we approve it and then we take 30 percent. right it's not that's not the kind of business partner this is we're going to sign a deal with you it's going to be exclusive maybe we're going to get you money up front so that you can actually build this game and then it'll be exclusive in our service so i want to hear from the game professionals about how they feel about this compared to other um, kind of competition, but iOS games is a pretty great place to be. And I think there's potential and most of the greatness now is free to play within app purchase, but 
I, I love what they showed on stage. I love that they showed uh, Monument Valley, for example, and they mm-hmm. had a screenshot of of Alto. And it's like I love those games. Those are those are the best games on iOS, mm-hmm. right? They're not the most lucrative games, but they're the best games. And if Apple does this right, what they're going to get is this second set of successful games on iOS that are really great. And I'm sure they wouldn't say it because they do make a lot of money with the free-to-play in-app purchase games, but uh, in a much nicer environment where you don't have to build your game to be a, a, a money machine. Instead, you can just make a beautiful game and people will play it and love it and they'll make a lot of money. And I'll tell you, if Alto's Odyssey was in this service and they paid out based on the amount of time spent, they would have made a lot of money for me. I know that for sure. <laughs> They would have gotten all the money from my account for a few months, for sure. I'm really excited about this. I'm really, really excited about this. Because the games that they showed, again, like the trailer was great. The stuff that they've got on their website was great. I know so many companies in this that are great companies. Like, I'm very enthused about who Apple's deciding to work with, how they're, like, at least publicly positioning themselves as, like, a partner with these companies. And, like, I, I think that this is... This feels as a avid player of iOS games. I'm excited about this. I'm excited that when I open the App Store, I can go to the Games tab and I can just get a new game. And it's like, all right, I'll try this next one. And there's like going to be over a hundred and like a hundred of these games at launch, is what they're saying, right? I'll I'll try and play as many of them as I can. Why not? Like I go to the App Store every couple of days, see what the game of the day is, see if I'm interested, and you know maybe I I buy a couple a week. Well now like I'll go to the arcade tab and I'll download one of the new games that's there and I'll play it. Like why not? Like I have it available to me. I'm I'm really 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 excited about this. This is I think the thing that uh, speaks the most to me and what I like. The the TV stuff is obviously an interest to me, but I like the business of the streaming services more than I like TV, right? Like, I don't know why exactly, but sure. like, it's the reason upstream, like one of the reasons upstream is, well, the, I think the reason is, is you, like you, you are a, a passionate, avid viewer of television. And for some reason, I am interested in the way that TV stream companies work. Um, I don't know why this is, but I just, I find it really interesting. It's a new kind of avenue for technology and technology media. But I, I am a gamer, like I love video games and I love iOS games, and now I'm going to have access to more great ones by great developers. And I am such a big fan of indie game studios and a lot of the companies that they worked with that I really hope that it helps uh, boon, like be like a, a big boon to them. And I really hope that there is going to be... I really hope that it's not a problem for the companies that aren't in the service, uh, but my feeling is kind of like... If you make a game that you have to pay for, you already have such huge market forces going against you. Yeah. Is this really going to make it worse than it already is? I don't know about that. I don't know. I think um, if this is successful, it's basically going to push the App Store to be you're either in the subscription or you're free to play with in-app purchase. Mm-hmm. Like That will be the strong incentive if this is successful, that there are two ways you do games on iOS. And if you want to be outside and charge 6 dollars or whatever you can do that too but it, it'll be a lot harder to get there right yeah 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 it will be because if you're a subscriber to this service you're probably just going to look at that tab look at the mm-hmm. arcade tab and say here's what's next and if there's some app that's not in the arcade are you going to see it i don't know mm-hmm. but then the but the question that i would like count that with right now is are people seeing them anyway i don't know 
right? Like, and, and I think that might be why Apple's felt the requirement to move in on this. And this is something that they can have uh, a real positive impact for a lot of companies. And I, and I really hope that it's something that will continue. I, I'm very intrigued about this one. Um, and it's, it's interesting that they've announced it right now because it's not out for a while fall again. So uh, it's intriguing, but we'll see. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Apple card? Well, of course. How could we not? I am also... Talk about yet another Apple something. (laughs) Really interested in this. Apple are making a credit card. They've partnered with Goldman Sachs. Uh, They've integrated into the Apple wallet. This was stuff we kind of knew about before, right? This was what what the rumors were from Bloomberg, but we didn't really understand what any of that meant, right? Because that on its own doesn't really seem to make much sense. As you would expect, the credit card can be used online. It can be used in stores worldwide. It's primarily through Apple Pay, but Apple will be mailing their customers a titanium credit card Mm. that has no numbers on it, no signature Mm. on it, nothing. Mm -hmm. Because, of course, uh, I I kind of love that. Um, Because Apple. One of the big... So there's a few big things about this. Like, one is, like, quick applications. You just apply, I think, like, in Apple Wallet. And if you get it, you get it. And it's immediately available to you. One of their big things is something called daily cash. You get 2% cash back on purchases, 3% if you're purchasing something from Apple. And you get this every single day in cash deposited to your Apple Pay cash card. Just, right. I was like, wow, okay. So lots of lots of credit cards do, and, and I think this is something that's going to come out over the next week. And I tweeted something to the extent that, oh, well, I'm going to, I guess I'm going to spend some of my time this week doing research about how um, credit card, like what the best credit cards are and stuff, because mm-hmm. people have do a lot of research on this. And it really depends on what how you live your life and what your priorities are about what credit card you should get. Um, it's not bad, although my I understand, like somebody was tweeting at me, like Amazon has a credit card that gives you 5% back on Amazon purchases. And so if you buy all your Apple stuff from Amazon, then you get 5% back and that's a better deal. It's like, well, yeah, if you spend a lot on Amazon, that's the right card for you. If you don't, it's not. Um, what's interesting about this is uh, that these percentage cash back seem decent um, and they're immediate. Like we have a Discover card here and we get like, certificates that we have to cash out at various points of the year uh, for certain stores or we can get it in cash but it's actually worth more if you have a partner store and it's just like that's nice but then I look at this and I think this is way better because my my Apple Pay Cash balance which they called Apple Cash so I feel like maybe Apple Pay Cash has is becoming Apple Cash now and they're, they're going to get rid of that pay part um it just goes in there and it goes in there every day and you know i see the psychological benefit of having that there because some of the companies that do the cash back put it on your balance some of them send you a check some of them send you a gift card some of them you have to do some work in order to get the result and that's not as good um and then again, you know, you may be somebody who flies on Southwest Airlines all the time and you've got their card. And by I read an article that said that was the best credit card deal in the U.S. if you fly them because you can earn so many points that you can qualify for their two-for-one pass. And at which point you get essentially 50% off every single airfare. It's like, it's a great deal if you fit there. Mm-hmm. For people who listen to this show... I look at this and I think, well, a lot of people who love who love Apple products, this is probably a pretty decent deal, even if all you're doing is using it to buy everything you buy from Apple, because you probably buy a lot of stuff from Apple and you'll get 3% cash back 
uh, right there. And that's pretty cool. So yeah. the physical card is a 1%, which is, which is you're le- they're not providing a great incentive to use the physical card, but they're like, well, we have to give you one and not every bl- place takes Apple Pay. So we're going to do that. But, um, but it really does seem like a product designed for Apple Pay first and as a physical card last. So one of the things that I like is clarity. Um, and, and it's not so much the money, it's like the clarity. And I think there's a lot of clarity throughout the entire product. So the fact that you're seeing the cash back in cash and it's arriving with you on a daily basis, personally, as a consumer, I prefer that than many of the other myriad ways that this stuff can be done, whether you get Agreed. it back like a month later, or as you say, you get it back in this like weird thing that you have to cash in somewhere. At the end of the year in a certificate, yeah, it's no, it's, I get like why they do it that way. I don't like it. It's like clipping coupons. It's extra work yes. and they're trying to create a barrier between you and your money. Hopefully, and I don't, in the hope I don't that like that. you won't get it. And like, yeah. so I would give up a percent to have clarity because that's just a decision that I would make as a consumer. Um, and I like a lot of the other stuff that they're talking about. So Apple are targeting low interest rates and they're also doing a lot of stuff that I like about trying to inform you about how much interest you'll pay on a thing. And, and they're also trying to show you kind of like charts of your spending habits and things like that. They, they are There's a lot of the design of the app where there, there are a lot of kind of like um, internet first banks in the UK and in Europe and I'm noticing a lot of design stuff, how like they said they would break down, they use machine learning on your transactions to try and assign some kind of code to an actual retailer. Um, and then you can kind of see how much was spent uh, with a specific retailer. There are there are companies like uh, Monzo and TransferWise and, and uh, there's a couple of things like the Starling. There are a lot of these banks in the UK and, and in Europe who will do a lot of this stuff. They have really nice apps and they break all this stuff down for you. I think that kind of stuff's really great. Um, no fees at all for anything, which is for a credit card company, wild. Yeah. And privacy focused. Like, I think this is amazing. I am super sad that I won't be able to get this. Um, and I <laughs> don't think I'm ever going to get it. Well, well, but Jason, like Apple Cash, Apple Pay Cash still is not out of the US. Like, That's true. I, I think that my hope would be that some credit card company attached to a bank in the UK sees this and they're like, we want a piece of that action. Yep. So then they might help Apple establish themselves with the card and with Apple Pay Cash in the UK. That's what I hope will happen with this. Um, and or I also hope that the credit card is such a success that Apple accelerates its efforts with the pay cash stuff and the credit card outside. Um, we will see. Uh, it, it's launching in the summer in the US, but like I personally, I would be immediately on this. Like this would be great for me. The way that I spend on credit cards, like I cover, I like pay my credit card off every month. Um, so like, you know, the, the interest rate stuff is never that much of an issue for me because I, I don't, I just, I ha- I went through all this when I was a much younger man. Uh, and, and I don't, I don't like to get into debt in these ways where I can avoid it. Um, yep. And I, I, but I think that this is a very interesting play for Apple. This is, this is something else. Like I, I tweeted this, like when this happened, like this is not your grandparents' Apple. Like this is not, this is a very, very different company this is a company who wants to take your money and and they want your money to flow through them and then they're going to give you money to spend on their stuff like Mm -hmm. this is again like if you have a trillion dollars in the bank or or like however much money they have in the bank you're a trillion dollar company 
this is what you do because you have so much money. What else are you going to do yeah. with it all? By the way, if you have a trillion dollars in the bank, you are literally the bank. Um, the, they are the bank now. <laughs> they they are kind of the bank now. This is um, also Apple's Apple's rationale here for this product is not um, the rationale that almost anybody else has a credit card for, and that is powerful for them. Because mm-hmm. they have all of this influence that they can they can do this and this you know we made a deal with Goldman Sachs and all of that it does have it feels a little bit like the early days of the uh, of the iPod and the iTunes Store where um, Apple was coming at it from a different angle and they got a partner to go along with them or even the iPhone and Singular to a certain extent it feels like that where it's sort of like well we need a bank to be a partner to do this but we have all of these priorities that are not. Uh, anybody else's priorities in the financial services arena because we're Apple. Our priorities are different. Our priorities are um, we have a business with lots of devices and we want to take, uh, we'll just take our cut out of all the transactions that are going to pass through and that works for us. So we don't want, and what we want in exchange is we want the bank we're using to agree not to take any data and sell it, which I don't know if people know this, but like, Almost every bank will sell resell your personal data. Mm-hmm. Like they do that. That's part of their business model. So we're not going to let them do that. And Apple's going to um, keep stuff on device and not even analyze a whole bunch of stuff that you do. And and they put up that slide that's basically like there are all these things about your transaction that Apple just doesn't even know. And um and it's all kept on device. And and yes, they extended the wallet app to do some stuff too, which is nice. But um. And some of that they could probably do with every card that's in Apple Pay. And it's a little disappointing that they're like, only our card, but it's their prerogative. But, um, you know, because their priorities are different, their product is a little bit different and it fits in with the story they're trying to tell. And I think for a lot of people, this will be a very good option, um, especially since, you know, Apple is not trying to necessarily be the best available deal to go back to my coupon clipping <laughs> metaphor i'm positive that an expert would show you any number of credit cards or sets of credit cards that you could sign up for for various things and work out a whole program where you could maximize the amount of savings and if you take flights on this airline you should get that card and make these kinds of purchases with it i have no doubt that if you put a huge amount of effort into it you can maximize the amount of savings you get from various credit cards and the ones that have fees and the ones that don't and that whole thing however apple's not playing that game, which is not surprising since Apple also doesn't pray, play the low, low price game when it comes to product prices. What Apple wants to do is create something that's simple, that has very clear direct benefits to you, that is a pretty good deal, even if it's maybe not the very, very, very best deal in credit cards, and has this whole layer of like features and uh, in software and security and privacy layered on top. Because what Apple wants to be is... Um, make a good enough product, a solid enough product that people are like, oh, I'll just get the Apple thing. That's the easiest thing. And it's good. And it's fine. It's not ripping me off. And like, that's sort of the bar is it's, you know, the experts say you could get some better deals, but it'll be more effort. And, 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 and you might have to like be a change your buying patterns a little bit. Um, that's fine. Apple, Apple is not, I think even shooting for that. Apple just wants that the, the credit card equivalent of the app installed on your device. That's what they want to be. It's like, you have an iPhone so easy to sign up on your, 
on your phone for this credit card and use it to buy all your stuff and you get cash back and you can see the cash coming back in. A push notification appears saying, you just got $8 back for that thing you bought. Like, I I totally see what they're going for here. And um, it, it could be very successful for them. Even, even though it's not for everybody, because again, it doesn't have to be for everybody. And I do think we'll be inundated in the next week with a lot of people and a lot of stories about how it's, oh no, this Apple thing is not for everybody. Now, of course it's not. Like, you know, I'm... in interested in it myself, but I've been meaning to research that Southwest Airlines credit card too, because I've heard, and I use them a lot, that that might actually be a great deal because I, you know, since I use them, their big discounts would go further for me. If you're a heavy Amazon user, uh, the Amazon card, which I'm a heavy Amazon user, I've never even considered using Amazon's credit card, right? So, you know, it doesn't have to be for everyone, but I do, it, it's, it's got a lot of stuff wrapped up in it. This feels, for for a totally weird non-Apple product, because it's a financial services product, it actually feels like an Apple product to me in some ways. I don't know what it is. There's something very apple about this product. Just in the chat says, I think Apple's main incentive is that if people get the Apple card, they will be less likely to transition to another mobile phone vendor. Yes, yeah, could be. That's the, no, but like, that's all of this. That's what all of this is. Everything we're talking about today all that that services Ecosystem. that's what services is for them it's the lock-in and getting extra money out of their customers no it's not always right the tv app isn't lock-in because it'll be on other devices but mm -hmm. there is this virtuous cycle of being a part of the apple ecosystem and having access to these nice things i'd say it's also very similar to their whole privacy thing that they're pushing now it's sort of like yeah apple stuff's a little more expensive but it's just nicer and like even the credit card is yeah. nicer yep. and and like that's that's their core audience right that's their core appeal in the end is yeah all this all this apple stuff is nicer and once you're in the apple ecosystem using their stuff is nicer and easier and better integrated so you might as well just use their stuff and use their credit card and all of that like that is we can debate those points but like that is what they're going for yep. and that they've had a lot of success and with. this doesn't have to be a bad thing and, and i don't think that joe is necessarily saying that it is a bad thing but it is a realistic thing like the the, the point of sure. the services stuff is to give apple another avenue to go down and it's two things you want to get more money where you can get it and you want to give your customers more of a reason to want to stay with you and these are that. Like, it doesn't have to be like the lock-in idea. I think a lot of the time is met with an idea of, oh, that's a bad thing. It's like, no, it's like lock-in is a phrase that can be used. It's just like it is making you feel better for the choice of phone that you made. Right, like you decided to get an iPhone and now look at all this stuff you can do and all of this other stuff that you'll be able to do. Like, good work on your choice. And that's how I feel as a customer of Apple, that like I has a bunch of benefits that I get and all of this stuff when my when I'm in the right country for it is available to me. And I think that that is a good thing as a person who decided many years ago that Apple was the right platform for him. And now I am continuing to reap the benefits of that where when I look at my friends on Android and, and in other ecosystems, I feel like that the overall that you get in that world sometimes, a lot of the time, isn't as like wholly inclusive of giving you all of the services and, and things that you want for a price that you're happy with in a way that meets your own sensibilities. And I, I think that this is another example of that. Like I would want this product because I think that it's a core product and it would tie into the things that I use every single day. Like I think that for me personally, the, the arcade and the card are the two things that I think resonate 
with me personally the most out of these as a consumer. Um, I really want to be able to access both of these services. Um, I am very intrigued about the content that Apple is making, and but I and, and I'm looking forward to seeing more. And I know that I'm going to be subscribing and, and watching that. But like, I would take the card, no question, right now. And I cannot wait to give Apple my money for Apple Arcade. Fascinating. All right, we the Upgradians have been reaching out with their questions, and we should definitely try and help them where we can, Jason. But I want to thank our final sponsor for this week's episode, and that is Lunar Display. I love Lunar Display. I love that with my Lunar Display, I can have extra screen space whenever I want it. And that is what, uh, when I'm at my Mac, and that is what it does. So it takes your iPad and your Mac, and it puts them together in a glorious harmony. I love Lunar Display. I've been such a happy customer of theirs. Having extra screen space when you're working at your Mac is so useful. It can make tiresome tasks more enjoyable. It can remove the requirement to be switching spaces. Or even if, like, I know that uh, Stephen Hackett, your and my uh, co-host and co-founder of RelayFM does this, where he has audio hijack when he's recording a show on his iPad on Lunar Display, so it's just off at the side, and it's just like, well, it's there. It's just like a thing that you can see it when you need it, and I think that's a really clever way of using it. It's just like, have a thing that needs to, you need to sometimes glance at, but you don't need right in front of you, and it's a way you can't accidentally click it. Like, it's just simple. It's off on the side, right? Like, you, it's brilliant, and I think Lunar Display is great for stuff like that. Our iPads have such wonderful displays wouldn't it be great to be able to to take advantage of all of that beautiful screen real estate when you're sitting down and working at your Mac? Whether you have a Wi-Fi connection or not, you can connect with USB. It's super simple. The Lunar Display provides crystal clear image quality, reliable performance, and wireless flexibility. You just pop a little piece of hardware, a lovely little dongle from straight from the great area of Dongletown into your Mac, and you're good to go. It makes your setup so portable. Like if you are using a laptop and you have your iPad with you, maybe you're traveling, maybe you're at the office, maybe you're in a coffee shop this way you can have multiple screens without having to lug around an extra display you there's no way you would want to do that right like you just take like a thunderbolt display and your macbook down to the coffee shop you don't need to be one of those people if you have a lunar display it's also a complete extension of your mac it will support your external keyboard it will support apple pencil touch interactions with the swipe of a finger you can be using your mac and you can be tapping around with your pencil it's super super awesome and they've just updated with the liquid video engine which brings significantly reduced latency and a faster screen refresh rate as well. Listeners of Upgrade can get an exclusive 10% discount on Lunar Display. Just go to lunardisplay.com and enter the promo code UPGRADE at checkout. That is L-U-N-A-D-I-S-P-L-A-Y.com, promo code UPGRADE at checkout. Don't put this off any longer. Go there right now, lunardisplay.com, promo code UPGRADE, 10% off. Our thanks to Lunar Display for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So good, so good. Mike, I have a segment before we go to Ask Upgrade. Oh, a new segment? Yes, it is um, not a recurring segment, but it's something I wanted to put in here, which is just a moment to think, to pause, to consider what didn't get announced at this event that could in the future. And what, I, what I'm thinking is that plus, that plus, Mike, the plus that's not on the arcade, but that's on <laughs> TV, that's on news. Where else might it go? And I have a few suggestions that I'm just going to mention here. I'm not saying these are going to happen. Some of them, it's probably less likely that they're going to happen. But I want to, I think it would be useful for all of us over the next few weeks to consider what else Apple could make a service and slap a plus on. And I have a few suggestions. One is Apple Music Plus. I'm not quite sure what they would do, but is there something they could do with exclusive 
they could they they could do it with quality. They could take exclusives like they did with the iTunes sessions, and they could put up a bunch of like live albums and acoustic sessions and stuff like that, and and brand them as Music Plus. I mean, you're already paying for Apple Music, so you probably probably not. But I wonder about that. Um, books. Apple Books Plus, so Kindle Unlimited, and there's a Prime Reading. Amazon has got a few different kind of like subscription book reading services. I'm not sure how big that business would be for Apple. I'm not sure how big it is for Amazon, but I'm just going to throw it out there. That's an example of a subscription service that provides you with um, basically free books that you can read. And I don't use that service, but it's there. And I think that's kind of interesting. So I'll throw that out there. And the one that put a little chill down my spine, but we talked about how so many companies like Spotify are investing in original audio content that they're calling a podcast, but is limited to their app. And I don't know if Apple has any designs to do this, but um, Apple Podcast Plus, right? Like what if they did a subscription service for uh, original podcast material. I think what's working mm. against all of these things is Apple has bigger fish to fry and that they would rather focus on these more... Uh, we've we've seen the ones that are the biggest opportunities for them. But I still have this... you know, And maybe it wouldn't be in podcasts. Maybe it would be part of music or it would, be, it would come with music. But I keep thinking Apple's position in podcasting is so powerful. They are still number one in terms of the playback environment. And they haven't made any attempt to make a service out of it yet. I don't know if I can really put my mind to that thought about the podcasting I don't know. thing right Just now. Just watch for the pluses. Keep watching for pluses. Yeah. Think about the pluses. What could get a plus stuck on the end of it? Because plus means recurring revenue at the services line and uh they like that let's go to hashtag ask upgrade our first question comes from wayne if you bundled all of apple services now that you know them all at least how much would be a reasonable price for you so now how much would you pay so we know that one of them is ten dollars a month i'm going to assume that arcade will probably be ten dollars a month uh i reckon they're all going to be like 10. So I reckon we're going to get like, th- at that 15, point, yeah. we'll have four of them, right? Including music. So it'd be like $40 would be the total price. Um, I would like to see 25. I would pay 30 for all four of those. All right. So it'll be 35 then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're probably That's right. how it works, Mike. You want it to be 25, you round it up, and then it's more than that. Yeah. <laughs> that's That's how you do it. What are your, do you have numbers? Do you have different numbers? I, I don't. I haven't had time to think about it. Um, if you think a video as being in the in the um, seven to fifteen range, uh, probably more likely ten. Music is ten or fifteen. Sort of the family. You know, one price for families is not something they do for music. You have to charge it. You they they make you pay extra for families. Um, but it's you know ten or fifteen. You start to add it up, and yeah, you end up at in in fifty a month. And is there a uh, what what's the deal that makes you take those services that you don't want? Because if the average person only buys two of them, well, that's 20. So a $30 bundle or $25 bundle doesn't really work for them. Everyone in the chat room is saying iCloud. Yes, yes, iCloud. iCloud could also go in there. Sure. sure. Same, same price economics. Sure, if you wanted to. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly, but I still think a bundle makes sense. And I really, it it turned out to be Oprah, but for a while I really thought they were leading up to the big last thing being, uh, what, Mm. what, how do you bundle this? But they don't have prices for these things, so they can't bundle them. 
you can't bundle them if you haven't announced prices for them. That doesn't matter. Yeah. That, that's like, why would you even bother? So, and also, you we'll can't see. sell the bundle because they're not available, yeah. right? Like, the bundle, if there's going to be a bundle, the bundle will probably come in September, um, which is exactly. when TV Plus and Arcade will be will be available as well. Yeah. And so, that's, that's my guess, is that um, we'll get it and uh, there will be... I have a hard time again seeing there not being a bundle. There's just it makes too much sense. They will get more subscribers into all of these things by offering a little bit of a discount. But um, you know, I don't know what that price is. It, it probably more than you want though. Brian asks, you know, this was a services event. There were four services, uh, if you count the card in those announced today. Only one of them is available. Why did they announce arcade, the card, and T V plus so far in advance? All right, so TV, I said earlier, I think part of it is just to get it out there. They're they're planting a stake in the ground. They've got their name. They know other services are being announced. They've set a date to it. It means all of the people who are making the shows don't can stop complaining that, that nobody has heard anything about what Apple is doing. It lets Apple do, uh, frees Apple up to continue to promote them whenever it wants because the cat is out of the bag. Um, th- so that's the reason for that one. I would say globally, by the way, um, it it made this co- this a coherent presentation. I, I think there's value in that in having a presentation about services. That if these services were tacked onto the end of hardware announcements, it would be uh, you could do it. But I think there's value in Apple having a very straightforward like let's talk about all the services we provide and all the ways that they're similar. And if you do that, they're not all going to be ready at the same time, and they don't want to delay the ones that are ready. Um, card. Uh, I don't know, other than that it, it probably financially, you know, like all the details were going to leak out at some point anyway, mm-hmm. and it's part of the services conversation, so you might as well get it out now. Arcade is interesting um, because it could have been a, a WWDC announcement. And um, I I have at least an indication from somewhere that will remain nameless from a note Jason picked up on the ground. He picked up a note. From- <laughs> That's right. At, on, to be fair, it was at Apple park that I found that note. So it could be legit. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's a, um, that this may have originally been intended as an app store announcement or a, a WWDC announcement, which would make sense because it's developers. Right. But I could see it being in either event. It really is appropriate for either event. And, Maybe tipping it over the top is the fact that Google announced at GDC their whole big um, Stadia initiative, which is a Google subscription streaming games service. And I wonder if that might, you know, I don't think that's the only reason because I do think it very, fits. Very different services. And they are, they are different, but I could see how that maybe tipped the balance yep. toward including it in this presentation I rather than sitting on it way until more sense here because i think it's pretty clear that at least for the time being this is not a thing that anybody can just decide that they want to become a part of with arcade right the developer they're not going to evangelize to wwdc like hey we have this game subscription service um don't call us we'll call you yeah. <laughs> like that's you know even if that's true now it also frees them up at wwdc to answer questions about the subscription gaming service and maybe even say here's you know here's how this works and talk to your if you're a game developer talk to your developer contact or however they mm-hmm. want to do it or or forget about it even it lets them communicate that it lets the questions kind of queue up over the course of the next few months instead of it being dropped on developers um especially since as you put it you know it, it this isn't the sort of thing where you just sign up and so to roll that out of wwgc actually would be maybe a little more awkward 
Uh, Mike wrote in to ask, this is not me, will Apple cars require <laughs> approval? And I looked through the Apple's website and it will. So they, they spoke uh-huh. about the fact that you can sign up for it and you'll have it in minutes. That's true, but they are still doing a credit check on you and your approval right. is subject to a credit check passing. Credit checks can be instantaneous these days. Um, it right. is not a long process. So, uh, so you can have it in minutes, but you will need to pass a credit check to be able to use Apple Card. And if you've frozen your credit, you may have to unfreeze it and then do the credit check then. But they're trying to make it easy, but it's still mm-hmm. a credit card. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, there's still risk that, you know, that they're not taking yep. feedback. You're going to have to pass a credit check. We have no idea how stringent Apple's going to be. Um, and your interest nope. rate, as normal, will be within a range depending on your credit history. But uh, yeah. Also, yeah. pay off your credit cards. Don't, 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 the interest rates are too high. Mm-hmm. You get a credit card, pay it off. Pay it off if you can. Colton has written in to ask, do you still think that Apple TV Plus could be on Android or at least the web? I do not anymore, Jason. I think we've seen everything we're going to see for it. Well, this is the counter argument, which is a little bit of a hybrid of the two options we have been given in the past, which is Apple wants it to be available on every TV, but on other devices, it's only on Apple devices. Mm Mm-hmm. And that could be the scenario. Uh, could be is the question here. And I'd say, yeah, I think it still could be. I think there is, it is still possible that Apple will make this stuff available on the web or on Android or both down the road because they, you know, it will increase the number of devices that can watch it. But I think clearly their number one priority was TV. Yeah. On an infinite time scale, of course. But like, I think that if we're looking at like within launch period, I don't think so. I think we've seen. I think we've seen what we're going to see there. Yeah, presumably, if they were going to launch with a web browser, they would have done it. Mm-hmm. They would have said so, and they didn't. They didn't. And I think that they have actually made it available to more people in more ways than I expected. Like, no, like it, you, I'm not saying like you need to buy a new TV, right? That is one way. But the other way is two products from two companies that make relatively inexpensive sticks: Amazon and Roku. Like. That is making it very available to a lot of people. And really the best way to get this content is always going to be on a television, right? It's going to always be the best way to view this content is on a television. And if you don't have access to a television, then you probably want an iPad, right? Like that's that's probably what you want to do for this type of stuff. Um, Steve asks, is this the weirdest Apple event that you have ever covered? Not even close. This, I, this is why I wanted to put this in there, because I, I was hoping, Jason, that you would be able to provide a bit of context. I don't think this was a weird Apple event at all. If anything, I thought that this was a much more apple feeling Apple event than even I was expecting it to be. Yeah, other than the, the part where the individual uh, TV people came out on stage and talked, like the screen went black, the, the stage went black, and then they, they magically appeared, right? I think that other they than handled that part, it really well. All of, like, everyone was interesting and entertaining, you know? Like, I actually yeah, think although, they did an interesting... Kamel Nanjiani was the um, very clearly the polished public speaker of the yeah. group, right? Yeah, um, that Spielberg guy that was did a good job really too, good. though. I, yeah. I thought that yeah. he was pretty good. He told a good story. Yeah, it's just you know actors like to read their lines. So um, the I'm sorry, Jen, just saying it as like it is. Anyway, um, the because she <laughs> still listens. love you, Jen. <laughs> I just still still love you. Glad to be in the room with you. Um, the the um, there was a, like a QuickTime event back in in the pre-Jobs time, which was one of the most bizarre because it was like we're showing you QuickTime is like the future, dude, and it's like VR and and uh, cool 
you know, codex, and it was so strange. I still have a, like a note. Was this the event that you went to where you kind of said, "Please stop inviting us to these events"? Was that the one? No, there was a, the one right before the iMac, which I don't even remember. It was so not memorable. But right. there was something that was like, "Let us tell you about our products that you already know about," and we we're like, "Okay, stop inviting us." And then the next event was the <laughs> iMac, and one person went. Because we're like, yeah. you fool me once, shame on me. Fool, fool me twice, shame on you. And then it was the iMac. And we're like, oh, and I've been to every Apple event sounds, since. Sounds like it was shame on us, after all. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Turns out Steve Jobs actually had something. But the previous event was nothing. Um, and in the Jobs era, I would say, there was that Macworld uh, Expo New York event where they um, obviously had a product that fell out. And so they brought... Uh, like uh oh who was it john rubenstein maybe uh avi tavanian they brought somebody out to like explain how processors work and like the megahertz myth and why g4s were better than Mm. intel processors and it was like time stopped that was i mean was that weird or just bad i don't know it was super weird that they were doing it (laughs) there is a part of jason still in that room (laughs) i am still at the javits center Listening to Avi Tavani and talk about the processor cycles, or was it John Rubenstein, or both, or none, or a strange fusion of both of them that was inside a processor, inside an Intel bunny suit. <laughs> By the way, somebody asked if the guy who was uh, demoing Apple News was the first um, person on stage at an Apple event wearing a jumpsuit. And my immediate response was, um, it depends on if you count the Intel bunny suit, because... I think there was a guy in an Intel bunny suit on stage at some point. Um, and then and then the last Macworld Expo keynote, which was Phil Schiller, um, I think they didn't have anything to announce specifically. And it was weird because it was like a Steve Jobs keynote without Steve Jobs, which during that era didn't happen. But it was like, you know, you don't get Steve Jobs. You just get Phil. Here he is. And, you know, Phil's fine. But it was very much like, nope, don't nobody come. Nobody come. We're leaving this show nobody come so there were there have been other weird apple events and i agree with you mike this was actually more normal than i thought it would be and finally today uh, mike not me asks will i be able to stream itunes content to my roku when the tv app launches and i think yes that's the that's the point so like the tv app yeah. will have access to your itunes content because i think that's where it's all going to be they said they were acting they were adding the entire itunes movie library to the tv app so basically all the itunes media stuff should be in the tv app because it's all going away itunes is going away this is where you're going to buy it from like you you will be you can buy in the tv app now which you couldn't do before you'd have to go out to itunes but that's coming in the tv os update like this is the screenshots on apple's website you just buy and rent right in the tv app um real-time follow-up from zach in the chat room it was rubenstein jason it was rubenstein Mm -hmm. okay Avi Tavanian's ghost uh, was walking through the down the down the middle of the aisles. Trying Avi to Tavanian still scare very much all. alive. No, uh, well, it was his Apple go- Apple employee ghost, <laughs> is what it was. Yes, John Rubenstein <laughs> would like to tell you about these. There's little animations of little like commands being sent into the processors and, and parallel and risk and and yeah, part of my soul remains there. We did it, Jason Snow. That was the service. did it. That was the services event. Yeah, I guess you could say that this podcast is a service that we provide. 
I would agree with you. And if you would like to read about those services, relay.fm slash upgrade slash 238 for information about this episode, including show notes, and hopefully your podcast app of choice will have show notes in it. Uh, I am sure Jason will have many articles that he will be panning about today's information. Go to sixcolors.com and you'll be able to read those there. Jason is also on Twitter. He's at Jason L, J-S-N-E-L-L. I'm at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. I did this before, um, and I uh, did it again on Instagram. Uh, I kind of publish what it's like to be Mike on a day like today, uh, and I'm going to create like an Instagram highlight. So if you want, if you're at all interested what it is like to be Mike Hurley on a day like this, uh, trying to kind of wrangle the information and get ready to record Upgrade uh, very late in the evening, I will have a link in the show notes where you can go and see what that's like on my Instagram page. So that's my version of live blogging. Like, what is Mike doing today? That's that's kind of all I have. Jason Mans the Bleed Six Colors. Um, is that is that is it Six Colors events? Right? Is the Six Twitter Colors event Twitter account for live? Yeah, I don't want to pollute everybody's Twitter account if they don't want it. Yeah, that's what that's what that's what Jason's doing, and I'm just posting on my Instagram stories. So you know. So to each their own, really. I think Jason's work is a bit more important than mine, but but it's okay. We made it. We made it through, Jason Snell. Uh, I want to thank it, everyone. Simple Contacts, Bombast, Text Expander, and Luna Display for their support of this show. And most of all, I want to thank you for tuning in. And we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Jason Snell. Goodbye plus, Mike. Goodbye plus. Goodbye plus.